All-Star Stories. Hear from Jeff Hornacek, Grant Hill, Ryan and Ashley Smith, and more on their favorite memories from All-Star Weekend. I'm J.P. Chunga. This is Round Ball Roundup on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Got a good response from the Zanuck Podcast. I hope you understand and learn more about the direction of the team. When you think about team building, how this team's going to be built, how they approach it, think about it in playoff rounds. If you can win a playoff round, do more of that. Right? It seems pretty simple. If you can't win, take a step back. The Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert Jazz beat the Thunder in six. So they tried adding Ricky Rubio, Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, hashtag freed Boyan, Jordan Clarkson. That's when you know you should go for it. And they did. And if this version under Will Hardy gets to that point, they're going to go for it. But right now, it isn't there yet. And the Jazz finish the post-trade deadline 0-4, still in discovery mode with the new team. I think about Will and how many versions he's coached of the Jazz, and it's 4.0. Pre-deadline, post-deadline, both years, losing a ton of NBA experience. Mike Conley, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, then Kelly Olenek, Simone Fantecchio, Ochai Abaji, losing rotation players. But Thursday night was very encouraging in the most of those post-trade deadline games. It reminded me of the Paris Suns games early on in the season. This is before they had really figured everything out. But early on, they played the Suns close. And Phoenix, think about Phoenix. They have an apex predator in Kevin Durant. The Jazz do not. And they lost those games because that team has KD, but they played them really, really close. Golden State has Steph, Clay, Draymond, and all three showed up in the two games that they played post-trade deadline. On Monday, it was more Steph. Then on Thursday, it was definitely Clay. But all three of those dudes showed up in their entirety. And then looking at it from the Jazz perspective, the fight was tremendous. If John Collins doesn't sky that pass, they have a shot. And even though he did, Colin Sexton had his opportunity. Oh, that was really good fight and really good teammates where Colin goes straight to John after he throws that pass and tries to get him back in the game. Everybody knows he made a mistake. He knows he made a mistake. And his teammate is trying to bring him up. But while that gets all the attention, Keontae George should take every headline. He played like the alpha people project him to be. FGAs, I always look at them. He took 16 threes. Smartly. Not chaotically. And he made nine of them. 
tied an NBA rookie record. His confidence and where he guides the team is what to watch post-All-Star break. This is just the beginning for him. It's the same for Taylor Hendricks. He's barely getting into the NBA lifestyle. What does his rotation diet look like? He's further off than Keontae, but these minutes are crucial. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. A clip show. I think if you watch the broadcast, you see Jazz 50 and you see these sound bites from Jason Kidd, Jeff Van Gundy, Doris Burke, all these different clips. They're from interviews that I did. And sometimes things get left on the cutting room floor, don't have enough time to share the entirety of all these interviews. But I wanted to give you some of my favorites as I scrubbed through and found all-star stories. What was it like to have an all-star game in the 70s as opposed to the 2000s? Well, you're going to hear that. So let's start him off. Truck Robinson. He was here for 70s Decade Night. He made the all-star game in 1978 with George Gervin, Dr. J. Julius Irving, and Moses Malone. The second all-star in jazz history, Truck Robinson, and he made it with New Orleans Jazz. Here's what he remembered. So once I made the all-star team, then I was proved to myself that I didn't need to play with the Big E and Wes and those guys. I could go and play like I played with John Drew and Super Lou Hudson in Atlanta. And Hubert just let us three shoot. He hollered at nobody else. <laughs> and so that was real great going back where I had played. And then I'm from Jacksonville. It's like six hours away or something. So I had my camp people come up. And I just thought it was great. I mean, all the star guys in the locker room stretching. Because we used to go at it. That they ain't no let you dunk nine times. Like they let the Milwaukee guy with 18 for 18. All alley-oops. <laughs> New guys was on you, playing hard, trying to win. No question they're trying to win. One no 175. So that was kind of different, and it was, it was just like a normal game. And then the next time I played, I think we played in Cleveland, I'm not sure. It it was okay. It didn't mean as much as the, the first time when I, when I played in Atlanta. Ricky Green, the team with heart, 1984. Utah had the best record at the break. Frank Layden was the coach. Daryl Griffith dunked. Adrian Dantley scored. And Ricky Green got to play with Magic. I was nervous. You know, not saying that I couldn't play with the guys, but, you know, that was the big stage. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the, that's, that's the you know, the echelon. But I had fun there. Um, had a few points, had a dunk shot, and, I think I had about nine assists, something like that. And I got one MVP vote. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great plan with, uh, you know, the Koreans and all, you know, and all the superstars. It was fun. I had a great time. Who are you most excited to play with during that All-Star game? Hmm. Magic. Magic and, uh, you know, I had a good plan with Magic. Kareem, you know, you know, watching them on TV all the time. Because mostly all the Lakers games was on TV back then, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was just on the floor with those guys and just 
fucking old. It was awesome. To the 90s, Jeff Hornacek. He knew Carl Malone and John Stockton, but he really met them at the All-Star Game in Orlando. Vanilla Ice performed at halftime. Well, I met Carl's elbow, uh, I think my second year in the league. Uh, um, I'm not sure when, we, whenever we played in Japan, uh, you know, us, uh, when I was playing for Phoenix and the Jazz played the first overseas games, that counted. And so uh, Carl, I went in for a layup. Uh, I landed. All of a sudden, Carl hit me in the back of the head like a truck, and I missed the second game. And for about a month, I couldn't lift my arms. And uh, So that was probably the first time I met Carl. Um, but really, to talk to those guys was the all-star game in 92. And, uh, um, you know, I had played against Carl for many years. And John, I had to cover, and I knew all his little things and uh, how hard he was to guard and what he did. And um, the one thing about that game that really hit me with Carl was how well he passed the ball. You know, when we played against him, it was more him in the post, and we had to double him, and he was so strong getting through guys. Uh, um, but then I saw him with these passes and the All-Star, and I'm like, holy crap, that guy can pass. So, um, you know, those guys, uh, that was the first time I, I really talked to him more than, you know, well, good luck tonight's game or whatever, you know, when you slap hands. So, 93 was in Utah. John Stockton and Gail Miller share their experience from a hometown All-Star game. Don't recognize the impact part of it that you Player's approach, at least my my player approach, was different. Um, a couple of things I remember about that. Number one, it snowed a record amount that morning of the game and then melted before game time. <laughs> but where else does that happen? It snowed two feet and then it was all gone eight, 10 hours later. Um, I remember the game was rather intense for a, for an NBA play, uh, all-star game. Made it so much fun. I mean, you, nobody was giving away free layup. Patrick Ewan's on the other side. He's trying to, because that's what he does. He wants to block shots. And I think that's what people enjoy. They don't enjoy the gift baskets. They enjoy guys going out there and competing. Now, it's not the it's not the NBA Finals. It's not risk life and limb, but it's competing. And that's what I remember specifically about that game and why it was special. Now, I get home from that game, and I had an interview with Hot Rod, the great Hot Rod Hunley at his, at his restaurant, and he asked a similar question. He said, isn't it great to have family and friends and everybody get to watch it and having all the family at the house, things like that. And I said, frankly, hot rod, I just want everybody to go home. I'm so tired right now. We've been doing event, 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 you know, and I'm tired. And uh, I didn't think anybody would be watching. When I got home, which was only about four minutes later, all my in-laws were waiting at the door saying, we have to leave now. <laughs> so I guess I should have thought that through a little bit. But yeah, that's, that's what I remember about the Ulster. That was an aspiration that we had once the arena was built, and having a new arena was a draw because the league likes to play in new arenas. So we felt like that would be a real boost to the Utah Jazz. It would put them on the map. It would showcase our city. It would showcase the arena, and it would indicate, all right, we are there. We have reached a milestone where we can compete with the big boys. To the 2000s where Memento Kerr was an injury replacement in 2007. It was a notable one. Las Vegas. There was kind of like, uh, for me was, at the time I was, it was my first time in Vegas. I'd never been, because I don't do gambling and all that crap. And it was kind of like, 
kind of shocking as far as the culture goes and everything. It was like, really? Everyone was staying in Las Vegas, never been? Been there, way too many people. Then I realized this All-Star Weekend, that's the way it should be. So then I started to kind of like meet people there. And uh, I would say about like after four or five hours, I felt like, all right, this is going to be fun. So that was, that was good. But let me tell you this, though. That was a lot harder at the time making an All-Star team than nowadays. Let me tell you about the big guys. Yao Ming, yep. Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, Dirk, Stoudemire. I mean, imagine that. 2006 season, as far as the numbers, everything was better than 2007. But our record wasn't that good. And we were kind of like back and forth winning like five games in a row, losing seven games in a row. Kind of like we were not consistent. And... I was kind of like still hoping at the time they if they were going to call me my name or not. I was kind of like hearing rumors a little bit, but at the same time, that little rumors kind of like side and like I was so excited about it, right? Even I don't care if they're picking me. Being up there with the other rest of the like old stars, like mentioning my name is, was kind of like awesome. Felt really great. And I wish I could have made it, to be honest. But 2007 was the time we were really, really rolling. We were winning, like we were pretty much beating everyone, really going this way. And I was putting good and solid numbers, not as good as like 2006, but we were winning, right? We looked great. So uh, the Boozer got selected by, by the NBA. I was kind of disappointed because I felt like I, w- I was going to be there. I'm sure if you ask Darren, he'll say the same thing. He'll disappoint himself too, right? Because they didn't call him too. So we were like, that's how much we had the confidence ourselves. Like we really beating everyone. We going this way, right? And then that pair, like as soon as they said like all stars, this and this, these guys, right? They selected then that 10 days or like two weeks period, I was making those like money shots. We are winning, right? Put bags, one dribble, pull out, win the game, corner, we win. Like they kind of like ring the bell that, okay, so then Boozer was not able to play. So I got hope, right? And I'm, I'm playing great. I didn't sh- I, I, I'm kind of sending message to them like, hey, I'm here. I think I deserve it. I'm showing everyone I can play in that in that team, right? So our the GM at the time, Kevin O'Connor, called because they had to select someone because Boozer was not he was not gonna be able to play. As soon as I saw Kevin's number, then I said I did it. I guarantee you I did it, right? And he called me, son, congrats. They select you, and you're going to be an all-star. It's like, yes. So I start to kind of share news with all my family, friends back home. Super hyped, super excited. And as far as being in the Vegas with that, like, superstars, future Hall of Fames, like, being in that team was... Actually, I sit down in the locker room. I was looking at, like, Kobe's right there. Kevin Garnett is over there. Dirk is right over there. I'm looking at him like, Wow, 
you know, it just is something that I can share with my grandkids in the future. Like, I made this team. I was so, so, I felt so good. And I was the great, great honor for my, you know, for my country. Being coming from Turkey, show that that level, I'm one of the best, right? I'm playing with one of the best. So it kind of felt great. And uh, uh, that's probably like one of my signature year in my career. Don't read too much on that Las Vegas All-Star game. But in 2010, Darren Williams got his own homecoming. All-star in Dallas, Texas. You know, it was one of those, like, finally, finally moments. You know, I, I felt like I was a, already an all-star. I'd been, I'd been second-team All-NBA the year before but didn't make an all-star game. So, um, you know, it, it was exciting. I mean, it was exciting that my first one was in Dallas and I was able to, you know, share with my, with my family and friends and um, they were able to come. So, um, you know, it was big. What was a lasting memory of that weekend being here? snow it was horrible <laughs> like the city like if it snows here we don't have the infrastructure like utah we, we can't we can't plow roads we there's there's nothing you can do and people here don't know how to drive in in snow and most of them have two-wheel drive and so it's it's not fun but we made it work and the game was was a success but everything else was kind of eh. it was in the football stadium right yeah Hundred thousand people. What made the game special? I mean, it's your first All Star game. You know, being on the court. You know, in, in those jerseys. You know, all the celebrities li- lined up around the the front row. It's just, it's just, just fun. And finally, let's finish up with a review of what Salt Lake did last year. Grant Hill experienced it firsthand, and then you'll hear from Ashley Smith and Ryan Smith on how they saw it. You know, I think the All Star game was incredible. And I've had more people who were unfamiliar with Salt Lake and had never been uh, and were unsure about what an all-star game would be would be like in Salt Lake. People came away like, wow, it was great. It was one of the best sites, one of the, one of the best locations. You know, it was easy to get around. The infrastructure was great. Uh, you know, everything was contained in downtown. Uh, you know, the, the, the city itself is beautiful with the mountains and the clear sky. Um, and so, you know, I just, there's restaurants, things to do. I, you know, when I was playing, I didn't get out much. So I didn't like, I, you know, it wasn't like I got a chance to really venture out much, uh, in Salt Lake when we play, I was trying to get ready for John and Carl. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised with, uh, you know, the amount of activity and uh, options and, and just energy that exists, uh, down to, I did the playoffs there a couple of years ago in the first round versus Dallas and. You know, I had a great time, you know, in Salt Lake. And uh, I guess that, you know, in part is because I wasn't playing. <laughs> people coming together in positive ways, people inspiring each other. And, yeah, just finding success in that and finding more opportunities for Utahns to just have joy and be together and love each other. And I think it's going to keep morphing on how we do it and on how the world finds ways to love each other. And I'm just excited to be a part of this vehicle where we get to continually try and, and reinvent whatever that is. I just like unity. I like being with people and having things that connect us. And I like being a part of something that is a connector. So... 
yeah, I get excited about the different ways that we get to continue to connect with the people of our state. It's probably what we saw in All-Star. Like that's the first time and maybe since the Olympics that we put the new state of Utah on the court with like 10 years of hyper growth. So if you look at like, I mean, we, we know in like tech, the compounding growth is, um, it, it creeps up on you in a really weird way because you're essentially doubling every four years or whatever it is as we, as we go out. And then you look back and you're like, well, we're, we're a different place. And so what's really cool about Utah is we've been, you know, we've got three cities that are in the top 10 fastest growing cities in the country. And we have for like 10 years. Well, if you actually, but, but we don't interact at all things with each other. Everyone's just kind of going and you don't realize it. I mean, traffic's not what, not, not, not the manifestation of that. So when you get these events where you can put people together, you're like, holy cow, this is Utah. This is what it is. And All-Star was a, just a little snapshot and bite of, of our future, of what we can do together. It was like, oh, the art of the possible is here. It's a compelling event. We brought everyone together and we need to be doing that more and help shape um, our state. That's All-Star Weekend. Enjoy it in Indy. I hope the game's competitive. It's always up to the players. But I'll talk to you this feed next week. Enjoy. This has been Round Ball Roundup on Utah Jazz Network.